your Bible with me and join me in the book of Philippians, if you would. That was a beautiful, beautiful song. Beautiful young lady that did it. I worked with her quite a while this afternoon. (laughs) Very good. I'm so tired if I had done anything. I'd have slept while she was working on it, that's for sure. Allow me tonight to uh, kind of give you a testimony and a verse here. I want to read for you verse number 13 of Philippians chapter number 2. And I'd like to kind of preach tonight and just give you my testimony It's on the screen. He's still working, working, working on me. I don't want anybody here tonight to think that you've arrived. And I don't want to think tonight that any of us are any holier than any of the rest of us. We're just on a journey. Thank God we've got a traveling companion. His name is the Holy Ghost. And he goes with us wherever we go. And what's so good about it, there is a master plan for each of our lives. Let me read you a verse. Verse 13, Philippians chapter number 2. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God is not going to ask any of us if it's okay if he works on us. God has a master plan and a blueprint for each of our lives. Notice it did not say you and God are working together. Notice God did not cry out for our help in getting to where we're going. It is God that worketh in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Preacher, is that Calvinism? No, it's sovereignty. You and I are not surprising God and probably not even pleasing God. But he loves us anyhow. I stole that title. You wouldn't think of that of such a righteous guy. From a Bill Gaither's children's song. He's still working on me. 
But I'm glad that he's just not working today and he's off tomorrow. On Monday, he'll be working on us. And then on Tuesday, he'll be working on us. Then on Wednesday, if he can find us, he'll be working on us. And then on Thursday, he don't have a day off. He'll still be working on us. And then on Friday, that's all the staff's day off. He'll still be working on us. What I'd like to talk to you about tonight is he's still working and working and working on us. How would you answer these two questions? And I, I, I'm not giving you a test and we, you didn't pass out paper, did you, Jim? How would you answer, are you saved? You could answer it with uh, Romans 5 and and verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. No doubt in our hearts that most of us tonight here could give a hope, give the answer for the hope that lieth within us. Uh, We know that when we got saved, God declared us justified. When we accepted the Lord Jesus as our Savior, in heaven somehow or another, God stamped your name in the book justified. Nothing that you done, nothing that we did, nothing that we achieved, nothing that we prayed for, nothing that we worked for, nothing that we paid for, it's by grace. Through faith, And we're justified. Then I ask you another question. And young people, since you're going to camp, it it would help you if you answered this question. Are you sanctified? The answer would be to that, yes, I am and no, I'm not. Yes, I am sanctified. Positionally, positionally, God has sanctified me, set me apart for his good pleasure. Not only positionally, that's when I was justified, I became sanctified positionally. Positionally, on the the books of God, I am justified by God. And I'm sanctified for God. Positionally, I am sanctified. Positionally, I am declared righteous. But progressively, I am being Made righteous. For it is God. 
that worketh in us. Is that what we read a little while ago? Both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Progressively, I am being sanctified. Positionally, I am sanctified, set apart for God's pleasure. Progressively, I am being sanctified, being made holy, being made more like him, and less like I used to be before I got saved. But progressively, I am being made righteous. People can notice and see righteousness. It's not one of them holier than thou kind of things. If I don't haunt, the haunts I used to haunt, could I have an amen? amen? If I don't suck on the things I used to suck on, if I don't drink what I used to drink, <clears throat> carouse like I used to carouse, it might be noticeable by folks and they might think, Something happened to me. Positionally, I have been declared righteous. Progressively, I am becoming righteous. Ultimately, I will be 100% righteous when I am glorified. When Christ comes back, In the rapture and cries come up hither and we all take off to heaven. Then we'll get a body like his glorious body. Then we'll think like he thinks and then we'll live like he lived. We will be ultimately changed, sanctified and be like him. But I'd like to talk to you a little bit about this progressive business. I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the doctrine of sanctification. It's inclusive in the doctrine of salvation. Sanctification is a part of salvation. The Bible talks about, if you please... I was reading just a little while ago about working out. Look at verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but how much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. It might behoove us tonight to face and to enter in 
these studies on Wednesday night, Sunday night with fear and trembling. It might behoove us, if you please, to see the importance of not only being declared righteous, but living righteous. And I think if we get a hold of some of this, we might, we might be victorious. Notice, if you would, please, number one, the work of sanctification. I look in my Bible in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and I want you to notice something, please. In verse number 23 of 1 Corinthians 5, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Not partially, but wholly. Sanctify to set something apart in a special way to make it free from sin. To set something apart. To dedicate something and set it apart that it might be free from sin. Notice what the book says. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Listen to me. Who does the sanctifying in that verse? The God of peace. Sanctify you wholly. Set you apart. Set us apart. As a special, special offering to God. To be free from sin. Sanctify you wholly, he says. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Preacher, I, I just, I just, I just... I try and I try and I try and I stumble and I get up and I stumble and I try again. It's not up to you. Take your hands off. God don't need your help. I think he's able to get our attention should he desire so. I think he knows your phone number. He might even have your social security number. Well, preacher, you don't understand. I try and I try and I try and it just don't work. No. We're all losers. We're standing in second place. 
Well, I just can't keep from getting mad at my wife. I don't blame you. But I know somebody who can keep you from getting mad at your wife. You said, well, I don't get mad at my wife. How long have you been married? <laughs> and my wife has never been mad at me. Justification. I am declared righteous. Sanctification. Listen now. Is God daily making me righteous? Not me making me righteous. God making me righteous. Righteousness is not on the outside. Righteousness is on the inside. And an inside job always affects the paint on the outside. Don't get the cart before the horse. Don't cut the limbs off till you take care of the root. You got that? Don't conform to what an independent Baptist ought to be. Allow God to make you what he wants you to be. It is God who worketh in us to do his will. And I pray that the God of peace sanctify you wholly. That's what he said. I pray God your whole spirit and your body, I mean your soul and your body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I don't know if that will work. That's why he's stuck in verse 24. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Is there anybody here tonight believes that? 46 years ago in the small town of Farmer's Branch. It was small then. God began a work. When I slid off my couch that night and with tear-filled eyes asked the Lord to save me and forgive me my sins. He began a work that night. He's never taken a day off. He's still working. And 46 years later, he's still working. And if I live uh, 80 years, he'll be still working. And then that bright day when the sky splits and the Lord descends and we all take off to heaven like Hogan's goat. He'll consummate that work and give me a brand new body like his glorious body. I will not only be justified I will be wholly sanctified and praise God, I will be glorified. Amen. Is there anybody here tonight? Amen. He began that work and he's worked every day since then. Could I please 
help you a little and let you know that some are delivered instantly with some things and some just wrestle with them and wrestle with them and wrestle with them. I have not attained, but I'm a lot closer tonight than I was 46 years ago. I have not had a hangover in the last week. (laughs) I've not threatened anybody with a gun in the last two weeks. I've not been whooped in in a bar brawl this week. What's some of you folk bowing your head for? Hey, you guys, look up here. <laughs> I've not been cruel to my kids Amen. and neglect, neglectful to my family Amen. this past week. I can at least order a hamburger now without vulgarity. 46 years ago, I couldn't. I've smoked no Marlboros today. Well, smoking won't send you to hell. Just make you smell like you've been there. I've not wore any hot pants today. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Odell. And the rest of you backsliders. Now, there's some things that God just gave me instant victory over. But there's other things that I have not had instant victory over. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? Things that my flesh might hunger for. Maybe yours does not. And the things that your flesh might hunger for, mine does not. That's the reason sanctification has got to be God's work and not my work. You understand that now? And so, the work of sanctification... is a progressive thing. God will sanctify any part of my life that I will give him. He will occupy any room in my house that I vacate. And he does not need any help cleaning it up. All he's got to be is welcomed in. You understand that? It is God who worketh in us. It is God that worketh in us. Does anybody tonight understand that? The work, of the, the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of God, the work in sanctification is God working in us. 
aren't we privileged above all measure that the God of this universe would want to work in us to do his will and his pleasure. Now, his pleasure may not be our pleasure. You know, I don't think God's into pole dancing. But I've never seen pole dancing. I've read about it. But I think that's more scriptural than dancing with each other. Never seen a pole kiss back. Never seen a pole said crazy, baby. (laughs) But the work of sanctification, please now, as we hurry along. (laughs) I'm glad that finally landed back there someplace. I don't know. I don't know where that came from. Brother Jim was asking me if he could pole dance earlier. And I, <laughs> I told him I didn't want to look. <laughs> Jim, you don't make that much money, right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> See, uh, I got over pole dancing real easy. Jim's still having some problems <laughs> with it. <laughs> The work, kids listen to work. If you're saved, God is working in you. And God has something wonderful and marvelous and beautiful reserved for you. Has a tremendous plan for each of you. And I'm so glad you get to go to camp this week and and ask God... Show me your plan. Let me yield to your plan. Let me be clay in the potter's hand. Make me something beautiful for you. That's sanctification. That's a progressive situation. It is God working in us to make us Righteous. Isn't that beautiful? The process of sanctification. Turn your Bible with me, if you would please. Second Corinthians. I saw this verse one day and I just about had a runaway fit. I read it several, several times. Then one day I read it. And it was something special to me. I pose to you tonight a question. How does a Christian grow? Just think about it a minute. How does a Christian grow? Why is it that some folk grow up and other Christians just grow old? Why is it some are clay? Moldable, 
give in to what God would want. And some just don't seem like it ever sinks in. Second Corinthians chapter number three. Please allow me to read for you verse 18. The process of sanctification. But we all, with open face beholding as in the glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed. You want to underline that word? Changed. Changed. Into the same image from glory to glory. Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. I look into the glass. I don't like what the glass says back. My eyes are drooping. My hair's falling out. My teeth's gone. I used to be pretty. I don't like what the Glass says back. But we, with open face, beholding in a glass the glory of the Lord. Where do we find in this world the glory of the Lord? And as we behold the glory of the Lord, we are changed unto the same image from the glory of man to the glory of God. Even by the Spirit of the Lord. As I spend time with God in his word, on my knee, and in church, I am changed from the glory that I used to be to the glory that God wants me to be. By the Spirit of the Lord. For it is God who worketh in us to do his will and his good pleasure. Now, it is a fair assumption that if we spend more time in the world than we do with God. It might be a fair assumption that we're going to take on the glory of that which we spend more time with. It is nobody's fault but mine if I want to act like some rock star 
or some athlete that got the brains of a tadpole or a car driver that uses all of his brains to travel at 200 and some miles an hour with 50 other cars. If I choose to do that, that's my business. Have a good time at that. But that is not God's plan for you. You've been saved, justified, positionally, sanctified, set apart for God. It is God's plan that you be progressively sanctified and let him make something righteous out of your life. So that one glad day when he comes back in the rapture, he'll not be ashamed that he's got to take you home. The way some Baptists are living, it takes God a hundred years just to glorify him. I'm just being facetious. Whatever that word means. <laughs> Sanctification does not come because we try harder. Sanctification comes because we yield more to him. As a fifth grade Sunday school teacher, years and years and years ago, I read this illustration. Sanctification is you taking a blank piece of paper like this and signing your name at the bottom and said, Lord, you fill in the rest. Amen. Amen. It's not what you do. It's not what I do. It's what he does in me. For his pleasure. And for his will. The process. Please wake the one up next to you. Now I'm closing. The means of sanctification. Please allow me to give you a statement. We do not grow into sanctification. We grow in sanctification. Could I say that again? We do not live, live better, 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 cut off limbs, quit stuff to get into sanctification. Because when we got saved, we got into sanctification. You get into by being saved. But you grow in sanctification. And I think it would be fair to say it is a process we submit and God does the work. You say that's simple. 
Well, I'll tell you the truth. I'm having some trouble with it. How do we do that? I think a good person to ask might be the Apostle Paul. And we might catch Paul out in the marketplace soul winning and trying to lead people to Christ. We might ask Paul, Paul, how do you go about this thing of sanctification? Paul said, I think I wrote the Corinthians a letter. And in that letter in chapter 15 and verse 31, I think I said, I die daily. Anybody here having any trouble with that? If you've had an argument this week with your mate, because you're not dead. And you certainly didn't get over yourself. Paul said, I die daily. Paul says, every morning I get up, there is a crucifixion. I die daily. I die to my wishes. I die to my wants. I die to my desires. I die to the Yearning and the pulling of the flesh. I die daily. I'm dead to the devil. I'm dead to the world. I'm dead to flesh. I die daily. Well, I don't understand that, Paul. I just don't understand that. He said, maybe you'll understand it better this way. I am crucified with Christ. Yet I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I'm living. Is not my life. Places I'd like to go is eradicated because I'm dead to those. To things that I used to like to do, I'm, I'm dead. Did you know this was my closing point? <laughs> Did you know fleas won't stay on a dead dog? Think about it now. Let that sink in. Fleas cannot live on a dead dog. Sin will not live on a dead Christian. Are you crucified? With Christ? Does Christ live in you? 
And Paul said, the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and died for me. The means of sanctification. If we recognized and we realize that we're dead, we won't have fleas. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death. That as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Anybody here been baptized? Any here remember the picture that was portrayed? Anybody here remembers what Brother Jim said? Buried in the likeness of his death. And raised to walk in the newness of life. You know, if you're dead, fleas won't hang around you. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. You dead? Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also Live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Please let me read you this verse in closing. Likewise. Reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And all of God's people said, our problem is we ain't dead yet. (laughs) But we need to die to us. We need to die to ourselves and die And reckon ourselves dead with Christ. Crucified, if you please, with Christ. Nevertheless, we live. Yet not I. Somebody knows the rest. Christ liveth in me.
The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and died for me. Positionally, we're sanctified. Progressively, we are being made righteous, sanctified. Ultimately, one blessed day, we shall be ultimately sanctified. We'll be glorified.